Welcome to the Locker Room Podcast, presented by the University of Maryland Sports Business Society. Welcome to season four, episode seven of the Locker Room Podcast. Today, I'm joined by a special guest, Harrison Kime. Uh, Harrison was the original founder of the podcast, and he is now a marketing coordinator at Rubicon Talent and has had the chance to advocate for some of the biggest names in sports. I'm excited to introduce you all to Harrison today. How are you? Good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, thanks for having me on. Definitely a full circle moment here, coming back on the podcast that, yeah, started just a few years ago. Yeah, I think that's a that's a good way to know that Things are going good when you get to get to be a guest on on the podcast you created. So um, I know we're certainly happy to see you succeeding um, as a podcast team, and um, we're happy to have you back. Appreciate it. So um, as we mentioned, you started the Locker Room podcast, and that was during COVID. So kind of what pushed you to start that, and how did it kind of grow throughout your years in college? Yeah, so I got onto the SBS board during my sophomore year of college, and once COVID hit, we didn't really kind of know what to do with the club just because obviously we're all at home for a semester and in-person meetings were pretty tough. So we just wanted a different venture for the club in a sense. And in order to do that, podcasting was kind of breaking out at the time. And it only requires obviously one or two people to do that. And it can be remote, which was obviously an advantage of that as well during COVID. So yeah, I mean, we kind of decided to start a podcast. Um, I was in like a media, social media role at the time, a little bit of web design. And I eventually volunteered to take on that role and start up the Locker Room podcast without really much podcast experience, if any, at the time. So, yeah, I mean, it was just a process for me to kind of explore that area, kind of see what I wanted to do a little bit, see if that was of interest to me in terms of a career path. But, yeah, I mean, that was kind of why why we started the podcast. And, yeah, just kind of another branch for the club to help grow and just evolve what we had already built previously in the past. Yeah, that's awesome. So, as you mentioned, you know, you were with SBS and you were really involved or so you were clearly interested in sports business and then that kind of led you to to make the podcast so how when did you kind of know you wanted to work in the world of sports and how did you manage to narrow down exactly what you wanted to do yeah so I mean I've been a massive New York sports fan my whole life Giants Mets Knicks um but yeah I mean it's it's one thing to be a fan but it's another thing to kind of know that you want to work in sports business and I think that was some of the most valuable advice that I received throughout the job search process and when I was looking for jobs in sports and internships and everything like that but yeah I think it was pretty early in college that I kind of knew that I wanted to combine my passions of sports and business and SBS definitely helped me a ton with that just listening to the guest speakers they had and kind of creating the podcast and hearing from so many different perspectives throughout the industry about what people did, how they got there, the types of roles they're working in, what their day-to-day was like. And I think that for me was a big indicator to myself that it wasn't just like a fandom thing for me and that I really did want to work in sports and kind of help propel the business side of it as opposed to just sitting down on my couch and watching a game. Yeah. So yeah, I think I really wanted to be able to enjoy my job and just work about something that I was I was passionate in. So I think being able to work in sports definitely allowed me to kind of enjoy the work that I'm doing while also trying to succeed in my career. Yeah. And I know that one benefit of, you know, a club like SBS is you get the opportunity to hear from a lot of different people and you can kind of say, eh, you know, I don't think that's something I really want to do, which is, you know, just as valuable as finding something that I mean, that you eventually want to do because it, it, it helps narrow that down. 
So was there really, was there a moment during like the podcast or SBS that you talked um, with someone in a position that you're like in now and thought that that was really something that resonated with you and something you wanted to do? I mean, yeah, I think it was just an accumulation of the whole process of starting and running the podcast and talking to so many different people, because obviously one of our goals was to get as many people as possible in as many different areas of the industry. And that was including the athletes themselves. But yeah, I did have a chance to have one of the partners of Rubicon Talent, Peter Raskin, on the podcast at one point. It was at one of the the sports business conferences one year, and that was in person. So that was actually pretty cool to do. But yeah, I think for me, kind of deciding that I wanted to go into the agency space as opposed to a brand or company and a small agency in particular, I think that was kind of one of the moments just hearing from his perspective and just hearing from also people in different jobs in sports that I knew that I didn't really want to do. I think a combination of those couple of things definitely helped me identify what exactly it was that I wanted to do in sports and just made it that much easier for me to to pursue jobs that I really was interested in, as opposed to just doing the minimum and kind of getting my foot in the door. It was more than that in terms of being really where I wanted to be. Yeah, definitely. So I think moving on from that, you know, um, obviously you had uh, a great experience being starting the podcast and that gave you a lot of connections. What kind of other things did you do in college to set yourself up to eventually be successful where you are now? Yeah. So, I mean, my biggest thing in college was a spreadsheet. And on that spreadsheet, I had every single contact in sports that I'd created throughout my four years of college, including their position, where they worked, the last time we connected, what the conversation was like, any potential job openings. And I think creating that and making sure to keep it updated and balanced, I think was really important for me in terms of deciding when to reach out to people, when to follow up, when to have those conversations and when the best time was to eventually apply to the roles. But I think that was huge for me. And in order to get those connections, they obviously didn't all just kind of come reaching out to me. It was a lot of cold outreach on LinkedIn and sending emails. And I think that was a, a huge thing that helped me eventually land a job in sports. And I think that having as many of those connections as possible was really important and just kind of making sure to to manage and, and follow the steps that they give you as opposed to kind of being overbearing and continuing to reach out and there might not be anything available, but at the same time, keeping that line of communication open and making sure to, to balance that out with, with different new outreach that you're doing. Yeah. I know that, you know, when you're first starting college, you don't really know what that job search is like. And now that I've, I've been through kind of one cycle of recruiting for internships, um, you know, there's definitely a lot of moving parts and a lot of people that you're meeting and it's all kind of happening at the same time. So I think that's really good advice, especially for just not even for like making yourself more appealing, but just like knowing where you stand and knowing who you can connect with and kind of that thing is super helpful because like, even if you're only talking to a few companies, how many, you know, you probably have uh, two or three interviewers and then a recruiting contact and all sorts of things. So just understanding those contacts and being able to keep everybody, you know, up to date and um, is really helpful. Yeah, I mean, if so, people know you when you're applying to the job, I think that was also important because I had people reach out to me eventually later in the job search process and say like, hey, this role that we talked about three months ago is opening up now and I thought of you to apply. Like, we'd love to have you for an interview if you just send in your application because I know we've been talking for a while. But stuff like that just kind of could end up being what yeah. makes a difference for you. And it's totally worth the time to just make sure that you're creating these connections and keeping in touch. Yeah, I know that. You know, a lot of times when you're talking to people, it, especially if it's in an industry that you're super interested in, you might feel kind of pressured to immediately start looking for jobs. But the other thing is a lot of times um, people like you can just talk 
kind of understand what the company's about or what they do. And they will, what, what I've found is a lot of times they'll kind of open up to you about like, hey, this job's open if you want to apply. And I yeah. feel like that's a lot better than just creating a connection because you like are telling them you want a job and it means that they have some faith in you as well. So you'll probably find some more success. Totally. Um, so you graduated last spring and it's been about six months, um, that you've been at Rubicon now. So what has that been like? Um, you know, what's been the best parts, what's been some of the harder parts about the transition? Yeah. I mean, it's been great. Um, definitely an adjustment process as opposed to being in college. It's a totally different schedule. I mean, working, working the whole day is definitely different than going to class for a few hours, but yeah, yeah, I mean, nonetheless, it's just, yeah, it's a totally different world. I mean, kind of getting acclimated and learning how Rubicon does things as opposed to doing your homework is totally just a whole different process. And just, I'm sure every company does stuff differently, but it's important to kind of pick up on those cues and just kind of learn what exactly is expected out of you and what you expect out of your coworkers as well, just in terms of getting stuff done and balancing assignments and learning procedure. But yeah, I mean, actually doing the job is totally different than learning it or interviewing for it or talking about it. But yeah, I mean, especially in like a sales marketing type role, it's definitely just learning about the process and what's effective and what's not and kind of adapting your behavior accordingly. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I think that it's really important to just learn what works for you as a person, as an individual and what doesn't. But it's been great. I mean, yeah, I love what I'm doing. And I think Rubicon's a great place for for anyone to work. Just great culture, obviously, is a smaller company. It's it's very tightly knit as opposed to a, one of the bigger agencies, I'd say. And yeah, just kind of making those connections and being able to kind of learn the way and just adjust, yeah, adjust to whatever comes your way is, has been interesting for me and just definitely a learning process that I'm still going through. That's awesome. So can you kind of sort of take us through what a day on the job would look like and just give some examples of kind of the kind of things that you're working on? Yeah, I mean, in sports, every day is totally different, but obviously we don't necessarily go based on the normal calendar, let's say. We work on a sports calendar. Uh, college football playoffs just happened. We were doing a ton for that. Just making some appearances, work down in Houston and yeah, kind of managing those, making sure everyone, everything was going smoothly. I did some work setting setting a few of those up and making sure those could happen. I mean, now we're just in full grind Super Bowl mode. Obviously, that's coming up about a month from today. Um, yeah, I mean, we have some guys in the playoffs hoping that a couple of them will make it into the Super Bowl potentially. That'd be nice. But I mean, for, yeah, for our other clients, ones that aren't in the playoffs, definitely coordinating a ton of appearances out in Vegas, trying to get new ones, media tours, stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, it's just kind of goes based on phases and, and no two days really look the same, although there are some longer term projects. For me, it's just kind of work on the long term projects, see what's kind of going on short term. If someone's interested in getting a deal in a certain area, just kind of reaching out there and trying to coordinate something on that end and seeing what we can make work and thinking of new ideas. But it definitely goes based on phases. But yeah, no two days are the same. And yeah, I mean, yeah. after the Super Bowl, before you know it, it's going to be the NFL draft and the Olympics. Like, yeah, it's just yeah. an exciting year coming up. And yeah, we just kind of go based on that calendar. But yeah, it just depends that on the time. Sense. Yeah. And I guess there's, there's, as an agent, there's really not a off season like there would be because, you know, even if when the players are on off season, they're probably picking up, you know, trying to get deals and whatnot. And yep. during that time when they're, they have more free time. So I can imagine how it, there's never really a, an off season that there might be in some other kinds of sports jobs. 
Yeah, it's definitely different work during and after the season, even just kind of being here for however long I've already picked that up, that when the players are in season, they'll kind of ask for help with certain stuff going on in their life. They'll ask for for some in-season deals. But once the season ends, that's just the time that it's the beginning of the new year. A lot of stuff's opening up in terms of companies and budgets and stuff like that. So now is kind of a time to set those partnerships up for the next year. And yeah, it's important to stay on top of that and make sure that you're kind of facilitating that for, for our clients. So as you mentioned, well, not as you mentioned, you, you've said a couple of times that Rubicon is a smaller agency organization, but you guys still have the opportunity to work with some huge names in the sports industry. So um, I know you guys have clients like George Kittle, TJ Hawkinson, um, you know, a lot of players. What, who have you gotten to work with and what has that experience been like? Yeah. So in a, in a role like mine, where it's still more I guess as entry level is probably the, the term for it. It's still more of a general role. And I think that I've been called on to a ton of projects. I've done work in some capacity for pretty much every client on our roster, whether it's either working on a deal behind the scenes for them or doing some outreach or just kind of coordinating logistics, stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, I've done work for pretty much all of our clients up to this point. I did, yeah, I've done projects for for Aiden O'Connell, Alan Lazard, Max Crosby, um, Devontae Smith. And then, yeah, for more of our legends, done some stuff for Troy Aikman, Bruce Smith. But yeah, I mean, at Rubicon, it's such a small company. We're like 13, 14 people. And yeah, I mean, for me, it's just, it's good to be in the position that I'm in, in my opinion, just because it's great to be called into a bunch of different types of projects, whether it's just kind of like helping out or listening in or thinking of new ideas. But yeah, I mean, it's great that I get to kind of work with all of our clients as opposed to just being constrained in a sense to a few. But yeah, it's been really exciting and I've gotten to do work with pretty much all of our clients at this point. Yeah, which is I that's really cool. Yeah, that's really cool. I know I was looking and you guys had a, a lot of Texas players that you represent. So that was cool to see them succeed this year. And then obviously, uh, as you mentioned, a, a lot of people in the playoffs and some people on teams that could definitely make some deep runs. So totally. that's cool. Um, So as we said, you've been in been in the job for a little bit kind of do you have a favorite story that's happened yet or any sort of memorable moments that you've had um as you've been working yeah so over the summer I mean I'd only been at Rubicon for about a month or two at that point yeah one day they just kind of told me hey you're gonna go to this signing today it's Alan Lazard and McCole Hardman both of them were approaching yeah their first season on the Jets so yeah I just kind of went out there with one of my colleagues got to meet the two of them kind of help out with that signing just making sure everything was going smoothly but it was just a cool moment for me. I mean, both as a, as a football fan and just being in this position to kind of get to meet some of our clients for the first time and just relate to them on a, on a more personal level, rather than just being able to say like, Hey, we represent these guys, but yeah, I got to talk to both of them, get to meet them a little, um, familiarize myself with who they are just, which is important in a sales, like marketing type role, just because when you are doing outreach for your guys, you want to make sure that you're doing stuff that makes sense for them. So yeah, having to learn all of their interests and what they like to do and where they're from and all that type of stuff, I think is is definitely beneficial. And getting to meet these clients in person makes it more second nature over time. So yeah, that was, that was cool for me, just kind of getting thrown right into my first event and just being able to do that was a pretty cool experience. And I hope to yeah do more of that in the future. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so as you mentioned, um, you know, you're still in an entry level position, but it seems like you're really enjoying it. So how do you plan to kind of continue to grow in your career and continue to 
you know, work your way up in Rubicon as you've had some time to start to adjust to the role? Yeah, I mean, so at Rubicon, there's obviously just so much room for growth in, in a small agency like we are. And I think that being in a smaller company just means by default, there's more responsibility put onto each person just because we do a ton of work with not so many people, which I think is a really cool thing about Rubicon. And yeah, I mean, for me, it's just about making connections at this point and just kind of growing my community and people that I can reach out to and people that can reach out to me within sports about making things happen for our clients, whether it's appearances or partnership deals, stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, for me, this next step in my career after kind of getting acclimated throughout the past six, seven, eight months, however long it's been. But yeah, I think for me, it's about growing that that connection, you know, the network of mine and just making sure that I'm able to succeed while helping the company succeed, obviously. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just making sure that I have that that network of people that I can count on and that can count on me to help facilitate business for Rubicon. Yeah. And I think something cool that you mentioned is that it's very similar to some of the stuff you were doing in college to break into the industry back back to that whole network and um, kind of who you know. So I think it's cool to see that overlap and know that that's been a huge asset to you, even as you continue working, not just looking for a job. Yeah, I mean, sending cold messages to get people to come onto the podcast was is pretty similar to sending companies cold messages to just get a conversation going. But yeah. yeah, I mean, it's pretty cool how, yeah, these experiences, even when they're not directly correlated, can also translate to the real world and translate to your career. And I think that's just a great example of how the podcast, even from an indirect level, was able to, to help me out in my career in terms of gaining that experience, whether it was emailing an employer to, to set up a conversation about a job or just kind of, yeah, emailing somebody to come on the podcast or DMing an athlete and stuff like that has really helped me and benefited me throughout my career up to this point. Yeah, that's awesome. That's good to hear. So as you have gotten some experience and also been through through college now and seen some success post-graduation, uh, what advice do you have for students who want to follow a similar path, who are interested in the sports industry or agency in particular? I mean, I, th- I think this is an obvious thing in sports, but I really do think connections are everything. And I think that making and fostering and sustaining those connections throughout college with people throughout the industry, even if you don't end up working at their company, I think it's just the most important thing you can possibly do. And I mentioned my spreadsheet that I kept earlier, just with all my connections and what they did and when we talked and what their job openings may be in the coming times. But I think just having a resource like that and making sure that you're getting into these conversations. And I've had people reach out to me since I started at Rubicon asking me to talk about my career and how I've gotten to where I am and how I kind of made the relationship. But I think that just keeping those connections and keeping that network and making sure to to grow it continuously, even when you do have what you think are good connections, just because nothing's guaranteed. I think that it's really important to just kind of yeah, make sure that you're staying on top of it make sure that you start early. I, I know that I started right at the beginning of my senior year of college, just kind of reaching out to people and and having conversations and learning about what they did, even if there wasn't necessarily a job opening. And I think that it's important to make sure that the people that you're connecting with know that it's more than just about the potential job opening at their company and that you really do want to get to know them and hear about what they do and just learn about their career path. So I think yeah, my biggest piece of advice would just be to to make connections and keep them as, as much as you can. Yeah. And I think that, you know, that is something that we hear a lot. But as you've kind of lived through it, you realize that that's still one of the most important things in your in your current position. So it's not just, you know, totally somebody saying your connections are important to get your foot in the door. It's also important to 
to grow and to continue being the best you can be at your job. Definitely. Awesome. So as you know, but um, something that we always do with Maryland alumni is the Maryland Minute. And um, so just a few quick questions about your time at College Park. Um, what was your favorite spot on campus while you were here? Um, probably say frat row. If I had to, to give one spot, played a lot of sports out there back in, in the college days, which weren't too long ago. Um, great place to hang out. Nice, nice field. And yeah, I mean, I feel like it was always just easy to go out there and, and throw a football or play some basketball or whatever that was. But yeah, probably go with frat row. Uh, what was your favorite restaurant in College Park? Um, it actually opened in the middle of college, the hall. Um, All right. yeah, it's a pretty little underrated spot, but yeah, and I think it's pretty, pretty popular now, but yeah, good yeah brunch, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. It's awesome. And then what was your favorite sports memory from college? I mean, yeah, I think that anybody that was at this game would probably by default say it's their favorite sports memory in college, but storming the court against Purdue, I think that was probably I mean, nothing even comes close to it. Maybe that the Illinois game my freshman year where, where Cowan hit that deep shot and you know, to secure the win. But yeah. I mean, storming the court is just like a probably once in a lifetime experience unless you get really lucky. But yeah, I'd got to go with that that court storming. That was just, yeah, unlike any other experience I've had in sports. Yeah, that's that. It's an awesome game. Obviously, Maryland couldn't get it done this year against the yeah. same team. But to be that's able awesome. to experience that, um, it's really cool. And yeah. You know, I think it, it's cool to hear hear from somebody who's obviously older than us, but hasn't hasn't been removed from College Park for too long, and and everybody will be able to resonate with a a lot of those answers. Yeah, I hope so. Um, so yeah, I mean, I just want to give you a huge shout out for taking the time to be on the podcast. We really appreciate you sitting down with us. We know that it's a little little bit of a uh, little bit interesting to be on the other side of one of these. Yeah, 100%. So. I hope you enjoyed it and um, but yeah, wish you the best of luck as you continue to grow in your career and to all of our listeners, follow us on at SBS, the underscore UMB on Instagram to stay up to date on the latest locker room podcast guests and news. Thank you again. Yeah, and we'll see you next time. On. Yeah, man.